Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Fitzpatrick, and joining me is my co-host, Alistair Kirschpool, AKP. Still stranded in Michigan, but it sounds like you'll be making your way out of there real soon. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, not too much at the moment, because I'm still in Michigan. Enjoying the snow, enjoying the cold weather. I'm a cold weather person, although it sounds like I would have got, you know... A bit of that if I was in D.C. still, too. That's right. There's still a little bit of snow on the ground. And as we're recording today on Thursday, there's there's a chance there may be about an inch of snow, maybe, or more on Friday morning. We'll see. Hopefully not, so the kids can go to school. But, uh, yeah. You know what, AKP, I meant to ask you, and I don't know why we didn't talk about it last episode, but um, Michigan Wolverines, college football, were you excited that they won the national championship? Hell no. I'm a Michigan <laughs> right, State you're a, fan. You're a Michigan State guy. <laughs> They're just a bunch of cheaters. I mean, that's if there is one silver lining, it's that uh, there's a chance that this whole national title for the Wolverines will just not even count anyway. Well, I'm, I'm, and I, I hate to, to to talk about this too much here, but I thought it was interesting. Um, some sources or leaks have come out about Jim Harbaugh and how he's renegotiating his contract. He's asking for immunity in case that any findings come out that shows that they actually got caught cheating, which I, I mean pretty much tells you that they cheated right am i missing something here yeah it's certainly not a good look is it uh anywho enough about college football let's jump in and talk a little bit about some old glory dc news and we were chatting just before we started recording here that it's a good thing we're recording on a thursday because um, old glory dc just fresh off the presses social media presses they've announced that they have brought back Dakota Worth. You may remember him, AKP, from his time at Old Glory DC. Talk to us a little bit about our guy Dakota Worth. Yeah, he's a he's an OG OG. I mean, he was on the exhibition team way back when. So so he was there for the beginning. Spent three seasons with Old Glory and MLR. He didn't play at all that that first 2020 season, but it was only you know, five games, and then he, he got a few games at the end of 2021, and then got, uh, you know, four games in 2022. He's never been sort of heavily used by Old Glory, um, which I think is kind of a shame, because I always thought he was pretty good when he did get the chance. He always played pretty well and seemed to... You know, he definitely isn't a rookie. He doesn't make those those rookie mistakes. He might not be like you know a seasoned pro like some of the other ones, but he is. You know, he's in his his late twenties, and you know it it shows. He seems to have a maturity in the way he plays. And anyway, we last year he went to Chicago, the Chicago Hounds, and because I think he's from around that area originally. He's a from the Midwest originally, but then. Um, and, you know, had quite a significant role with them. Um, I think he even played on the wing for them at one point because they were had so many injuries they didn't have any wingers left. Um, so he had, he had quite the, the experience there, and now we've, we've brought him back, and I'm just hoping that we, we give him a bit more of a, a run out this time, a bit more of a, an opportunity to, to perform. Yeah, because that, that's kind of my question uh, in all of this is, you know, how does he get onto the field, and where is he fitting in, and will he be given uh, an opportunity to try and showcase, you know, uh, how much he has grown as a, a player? I guess that remains to be seen. Um, but it's interesting that 
Oh, Glory DC and clubs are continuing to at least make the announcement that that players are being, excuse me, re-signed as we're only a few days away from the start of, of training camp. But um, yeah, excited for, for Dakota to come back. Um, as you said, OG, OG DC. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing... The thing that first popped into my mind when they re-signed him, though, and this may be a little unfair to him, sorry, Dakota, but um, it's like, why did we signed another flanker? Okay, that's good. I think that's actually, you know, I think we could use even another back rower even mm-hmm. after we've re-signed him. But, like, we have two centers on the roster. Two. They would both be, you know, you put together a match day roster, and all of your centers are going to be on the field. There is no injury backup. There's not even there's there's nothing it's like we we need to sign at least one more probably two more and ideally three more centers and yet like but then the news comes out we've signed another flanker and the same with props i mean you know if there's one injury with our roster as it is right now if there is one injury in the prop room then we're 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 putting all of the available props on the match day roster because there's only five of them. You need four on every match day roster, and there's there's only five of them signed to the team right now that we know of. And you know, it's like okay, those are those are positions of absolute need, and somehow we're still messing around about with with back rowers and where we could use more. Mm-hmm. I'm like very happy that Dakota Worth is on the, yeah. the team, but yeah, you know, it just feels like. What, what about these other positions of of like, I, I want to know what who our who our centers are and who our props are you know and we talked about this before and and, and maybe I missed it but nothing's been official that Nico Jones is not coming back does this maybe just push the needle closer to Nico probably not coming back because as you said, we've got some other positions that we probably need to fill out a little bit more depth-wise, and Nico Jones was a great young player, but I'm sure his services are being uh, requested elsewhere. Is this pretty much, is that what that means, no Nico? I mean, not necessarily, but I would say that at this point, looking at the players who are who haven't, who we haven't heard anything about, my guess is that you know, like Owen Sheehy could still come back. Alex Baladares, you know, we know he's been playing with Young Glory. There's still a chance that the team signs him, and even if they don't, he's probably still in the the old Glory, you know, sphere of influence, and he's probably sort of available if they end up needing him. But you know, the other players, I feel like they'd probably have been re-signed by now if they were going to be re-signed, and. You know, so that's Quinton Newcomer, Api Nakatini, Alejo Dairo, Fintan Coleman, Nico Jones, Langi Langi, Fairman Martinez. Like, I don't know if any of those guys are coming back. I At the moment, they might, but I wouldn't count on it. I'm sort of counting them as, as out in my head. Yeah, so unless, yeah, unless there is this, you know, end of January surprise you know it seems like the roster is mostly there other than we've yeah. you know some depth stuff some guys to bring on you know I'm sure Simon Cross has a master plan here uh, but in the eyes of AKP we've got a couple of question marks and a couple of key positions where depth is extremely 
important. So, you know, we'll we'll track that as we get closer here. But, you know, not a lot of Old Glory DC news in the last week. I think a lot of the excitement across MLR um, has been on a, a couple of re-signings. Well, actually, no, let me start here first. Uh, not a Not a player move, but a coach move. Former Old Glory DC interim head coach, member Nate Osborne, he coached Nola Gold 2018-2021. He left there um, and then was the interim coach for the latter half of the 2022 season for Old Glory DC when Andrew Douglas was let go. But Nate Osborne has been hired as an attack and backs coach for the Dallas Jackals. So interesting that uh, Nate Osborne uh, back in league. I always liked him. I thought he was a personable guy. I think, you know, a quote-unquote players coach. But uh, AKP, what are your thoughts on uh, Nate Osborne back in the league? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, he's one of those coaches that he's he's not actually American, but he he's sort of de facto American. He's been in the American rugby scene so long that you just like to see guys that are really invested in American rugby mm-hmm. have opportunities and succeed. And, you know, I think defense was never his the strong suit of his teams. And so I think it's, I think Dallas, you know, hiring him as an attacks coach, as a backs coach, excellent. I think it, yeah. it could be really good for them. I mean, we'll have to, Dallas is one of those teams that, you know, who knows what they look like next year because they're you know they've had a, such a rough couple of years their first couple of years here have been fairly disastrous if we're honest so yeah if we're i mean if we're being candid about dallas and we're looking at the strength of the league and worried about any other franchises and i hope this is not unfair to dallas but given their their record on the field you know you got to uh, circle dallas as a, as a club with you know where you start to raise some questions about uh, the long-term viability of that club down there. And certainly winning helps, you know, to attract fans and to get players in- inspired to play. And Dallas certainly needs help scoring more points. I think they were the lowest-scoring team the past two years. And, you know, certainly, you know, you can game plan and scheme all you want, but a lot of it's going to come down to players on the field. But, you know, I hope you see a far more competitive side from Dallas. I think that makes it better for everyone, right? Um, but that Dallas, you know, I... They're a club I would circle about. Hey, how are we feeling? <laughs> do we need to do a, you know, pulse check on Dallas on you know what they look like after this season? And you know, I'm, I'm this could just be wild and unfair speculation, but they have to be a team that probably fans maybe are concerned about. Yeah, I think that's correct. And you know, but then again, I I won't count them out this season. I mean, that's one of those that one of the joys of MLR is that teams really can come out of nowhere. They can have terrible seasons and then you know suddenly get good mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of parity in the league and there's a lot of opportunity for for moving up when you're at the bottom and and i think mm-hmm. you know it's not a guarantee that dallas is going to do that but they certainly have the chance to so and i think nate osborne improves that chance so good good yeah. for you dallas good for you dallas sticking to some other some other news san diego legion after bringing back that ghetto they have re-signed, and I guess this is really not that big of a surprise, that Ma Nanu, All Blacks legend, is coming back for another year in MLR. He's 41. He'll be 42 in May. 
I was joking around with someone the other day, like, is this, you know, 1999 all over again, right? When those two were in their, I mean, literally in their heyday, so to speak. Um, but I mean, AKP, I mean, yeah, Mananu, physical specimen, big name, right? Like rugby, the average rugby fan knows who Mananu is. So you got to think just from a, an interest standpoint, an overseas interest, people are still interested in seeing what Mananu is doing. And A, the fact that he's teaming up with Matt Gitto, right? And <clears throat> they battled out, you know, in competitions, international competitions over the years, New Zealand, Australia, those two now teaming up in MLR. Um, what are your thoughts on all that? It is it is funny, isn't it? You know, it's the... I mean, on the one hand, you don't want MLR to become a retirement league for for these these stars from overseas. But at the same time, I think, you know, having Mananu in the league is a, a great thing. He's a name that people who follow international rugby can recognize. And, you know, he's a, it's gets us some fun articles from especially overseas publications as they're like, what's going on in MLR? Oh, Mananu still kicking and um, kicking drop goals too. You know, and I, I think that's great. And he, and the thing is he still performs well on the field. I mean, you see the way he plays and I think, you know, having those sorts of guys and that sort of experience in the league, I think it's inspirational for the mm-hmm. players, you know, the American players that are, in the league, you know, this is this is the goal. It's to become as good as Mananu to to get to that level, to have that sort of skill and you know, seeing that and experiencing it firsthand, I think it's it's great for the league that that he can stick around. Yeah, I mean the longevity, right? Uh yeah, he's forty one, forty two now and certainly his pace has dropped off a little bit. But as you said, it's It'd be gimmicky if they were just like trotting him out there for like a couple of minutes and it was clear that he's just not meeting the standard of MLR. But, you know, like last year, he played a ton and, you know, maybe a little bit slower and maybe his game has changed a little bit. But he's still a savvy player, knows how to attack, great ball skills and just the leadership quality alone, you know, the way he approaches the game that can rub off on his teammates. I think it's exciting. I think it's fun and... um you know, if you're the backup center in San Diego, just be ready to play because, right, you're going to have to spell him, right? You can't trot him out there for 80 minutes every single game. You're going to wear the guy down. But uh, exciting stuff there in, in San Diego. And and look, I don't know, like, is the expectation that, you know, the that combo is going to light up the league? I don't think that's a reasonable expectation, you know? I, I think you, they start off slow. There's so much talent on that San Diego roster that um we'll see just you know how much they actually will be playing um and maybe you just you know danny lee's got you know some interesting game day decisions to make and load management you know that that team is they did lose a few players i think four or five players to super rugby squads but it seems like they have retooled but they look like they're primed to come back and and compete for for a shield so i don't know any any further thoughts on that i mean it is worth noting that Gitto, I mean, not a young man, and he took a year and a half off. I mean, he was playing for L.A., and then, you know, he, he hasn't played, as far as I can tell, in, in the last year and a half. So that, you know, maybe he's rusty. It, it Those things fade, and especially when you're when you're older, get, trying to get back into it. Like, sure, you've got all this skill and all this knowledge and the muscle memory, but, like, do you, 
is he going to have the sort of fitness and the 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 endurance when he hasn't been has been playing the game for that long yeah yeah the the game can pass you by <laughs> pretty quickly once you take in uh you know which, which brings me back to like why why come back you know matt like you have nothing left to prove I maybe he just loves the game so much. Yeah. It's not like they're paying him a lot. I have no idea what they're paying him. You know, maybe he just wants one more run out. But, uh, you know, I'd love to figure out, like, what was his decision? Like, what was the thought process to say, you know what? Yeah, I want to come back to MLR. I've unfinished business. Yeah. You know? I mean, Api Nakatini used to, I think he still does play in the, the, um, American Rugby Premiership, the uh, the sort of fall league where, and that's not professional, but he just <laughs> enjoys the sport and wants to go out there and play, and so he, he goes out in there and plays. And I, you know, I think there are those guys who mm-hmm. you don't get to the age of of forty and still be playing rugby or get close to it and not have a a love for the game that. I mean, those are the guys who they they just want to keep going. If they if they could just, you know, <laughs> find the fountain of youth and and go for another ten years, I'm sure they would. So, well, I think what we'll be keeping a close eye on that as I believe training camps um, officially start across the league on Monday, January twenty second. If you've been following on social, you've seen. Teams releasing some videos of players kind of getting in, getting settled, doing some training. But I think officially camp begins on January 22nd. And, and AKP, I know we haven't seen too much of this from the clubs yet. I think a, one club or two has released some preseason games. But do you do you anticipate Old Glory DC will have a couple preseason games? Maybe St. James? Maybe open to the public? What are you thinking? What are you hearing? So... My my assumption is that they'll have a couple of games because they've had a, a couple of preseason games every year since the beginning. And I think even even in COVID, I think they had a couple of preseason games. And so and it's and it's part of their their season ticket sort of the benefits of a season ticket is you get those extra couple preseason games. And usually it's against MLR opponents and they'll they'll usually be in the couple of weeks leading up to the season um, and what I'm what I'm hearing is that there's a chance that they'll be in the St. James down in in where was it Springfield Springfield Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. yeah and where they they've played but there is also a St. James up near the, and there's an indoor field actually on the at the sportsplex, so there's a chance that actually they could just play at the sportsplex, just under the under the roof in the the indoor the indoor field at the sportsplex. So, is that the is that oh at oh at the Maryland soccer at the American place. soccer yeah. plex? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, there is there is actually you know they have a one of those big. The sort of inflatable bubbles, right? looking yeah tennis yeah. bubble thing yeah whatever they call it over yeah. a, over a field so there there is a, i think they have the opportunity to play there as well and and yeah. 
I heard a hint that that's where they were they were planning on doing the preseason games. Okay. So, because historically they've played New York because they were the closest team, right? A quick trip, bus trip down ninety five, you know, four and a half, five hours later, theoretically you get it in pretty quickly. Now our, our closest opponent now, uh, New England or Charlotte. Yeah, they've played. Yeah. They've played New England, New York, Toronto. I mean, you know, right. a bunch of teams that don't exist anymore <laughs> in those preseason games. And so I don't. Yeah, I don't know what their plan is this mm-hmm. year. You know, maybe Chicago. Chicago's not that far away. New England. It's a one-day bus trip away. Charlotte, like you say, if they're. But you know, who knows what that team is, what place that team's in at that time. So it it will be interesting to see who they find as opponents. They've also, I mean, their very first preseason game was actually against Navy, the college side, back in, in 2020, which they, you know, won in an absolute blowout because it's a college team. But there is the opportunity for that again. And it's especially since it's a chance to get some of the younger players some playing time and to get you know, to, to see how the roster is going to shake out, you know, you're not aiming to win these games necessarily. That's not really the point. So, you know, a, a local college team that, that might even be acceptable. But AKP, this all leads me to my next question. And you mentioned the Charlotte Hawks. It's January 18th training camp for MLR for the new season starts on January 22nd. We're recording this on a Thursday. This will probably come out as you're listening to this on a Friday. When is the league, like you know, (laughs) training camp start on Monday. Are we going to see an announcement about the Hawks and the new schedule? Could we see it today if you're listening to this on Friday? Right? Like when it's got to come out soon. (laughs) Right? Yeah, the rumor seems to be in the next few days that we'll hear an official Charlotte announcement. Hopefully that includes a new schedule. You know, we have some answers on what that is, especially since single-game tickets are on sale. So, you know, if there's some changes that need to happen there, better sooner rather than later. But we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, MLR hasn't always been good at good and, at hitting look, deadlines, look, but this, it, I'm not putting this all on Major League Rugby's fault because I think, as as far as we understand it, right, this was like an 11th hour World Rugby saying, "Hey, we want to do this. We're going to back this." Of course, MLR is not going to say no, right? So, this is not entirely all Major League Rugby's fault, and I'm not trying to put it all on Major League Rugby. Say, "Hey, guys, what are you doing over there?" I'm sure they're working on it, and if, but of course, as fans, we're going to speculate. And wonder what's going on and can he give us an update or something so again not in, I'm not putting this all on Major League Rugby because we know that World Rugby came in it seems like in the last minute and said okay let's go with this but we are the season the season's right around the corner here <laughs> you know just would like to see an announcement and a schedule let's get it out there let's push it out hit publish yeah. and let's roll I mean, it's worth noting that schedules can be hard, too. You have to deal with stadium availability, and, you know, I think Old Glory has a pretty good position at the Maryland Soccerplex where they'll probably be able to get that stadium when they when they want it, but not every team is in that sort of position. A lot mm-hmm. of them are sharing fields with 
with other teams. You know, San Diego's at a, a mm-hmm. college stadium. That's who's their first, you know, their primary goal is, is their own yep. student athletes. So you changing a schedule is setting up a schedule and changing schedule, not necessarily straightforward. And you probably got a lot of back and forth. You're trying to coordinate 12 teams now and their stadiums to, to figure out when is going to work. And that's, it's not easy. I don't envy them the task, but at the same time <laughs> it needs to happen. <laughs> we can't get to the season. We can't, I mean, we can't get to the, you know, a month to the start of the season and not know when and where teams are playing. And I don't that think that happen. will happen. Right. I, th- I think, <clears throat> I think we will know <laughs> everyone will know where and when they're playing the Charlotte Hawks and how many times. So before the season begins, of course, like I, minimum expectation, like, I think that's going to happen. So um, <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, again, we're a few days away. Just got some questions. Just kind of want to know what's going on. Just, you know, just respond to my text message. You know, I saw that you read it. I see the thought bubble and then you stop <laughs> and you start again. AKP doesn't have an iPhone, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. I always, I always get the green screen when yeah, I text I him. I'm like, what is this, AKP? We got to get you on the, we got to get you on the iPhone, man. <laughs> oh no, no! You need to petition Apple to change their to support the open and standards <laughs> that exist that they just refuse to support. I mean, all you Apple owners blaming a Androids, but it's Apple that chooses to make the experience terrible. They could Fair fix point. it if they wanted to, and Fair they just point. choose Fair not point. to. Fair point. That is that topic is for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've thought that's for another podcast. But speaking of the schedule, AKPA, I wanted to bring this up because um, I thought this was interesting. So, LA Sevens, which is coming around the corner, and again, that's um, that's part of the HSBC rebranded Sevens because they don't like vowels, so they took the e out. But whatever, uh, strange. Um, LA Sevens now is going to be a men's and women's competition, which is fantastic. This is all old news; we everyone knows that. But they put out an announcement the other day where it seems like they adjusted the playing schedule and they're going to start on Friday night, which I think is cool, right? Friday night lights, Southern California, hopefully the, hopefully the weather's nice. And again, it works out because I think it snowed the last time, which is wild, but (laughs) starting pool play on a Friday night, rolling into Saturday to finish on Sunday, right? So like if you don't kick off on Saturday morning, but you start on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, in my mind, that means that the event will end sooner, right? Theoretically, it would end earlier on Sunday, which just happens to be potentially the season opener, the first game in franchise history for history for RFC LA, who allegedly maybe playing at the very same venue that the LA sevens is taking place. So I'm, what I'm trying to do is connect the dots here to say, Hey, we have an opportunity here. And someone said, you know, you got to clear the stadium out and then let them back in. Maybe you can probably figure something out like an upcharge or something. If you want to stay, just stay. You don't have to pay for a ticket necessarily. If you're already there for the LA sevens, but how cool would that be? If RFC LA kicks off, hour and a half, two hours after the end of HSBC LA sevens. And there's already, I don't know, six, seven, 8,000 fans, 9,000, 10,000 fans there. And they're, they stick around to watch RFC LA play their very first game. If it all works out. I mean, am I speculating way too much on this? Do you think that's a possibility here? 
Yeah. No, I, I, we've talked before about how good an idea it is to, to have these events co-located and yeah, I assume, I assume that this does have something to do with that. Hopefully that even with the, the new schedule with the Charlotte Hawks joining that it doesn't interfere with this because this it would be a wasted opportunity if if they they did i think you know especially things like tickets you got rfcla being a brand new team they're going to want as many people at their home opener as possible even if they're not even if they're going to miss revenue from it i don't think that's the first concern for that team right now they're they're just going to want people there and so there's no way they're going to clear everyone out and then bring them back in but yeah, like you say too. I like the idea of a of pool play starting on Friday. I like I like nighttime rugby. I like you know under the lights, and I think it it changes the atmosphere when it's dark all around you, and you just you can really only see the stadium and the field. I think it's I think it's great for atmosphere. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully it works out. Uh, and I guess we'll find out here in the next couple of days when this MLR schedule comes out and uh, we get a better understanding of what the 2024 MLR season looks like. That's but been AKP. the entire off season. It's just us saying, well, we'll find out. <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> One of these days. At some point, you know. someone has to tell us. Oh, man. Um, sorry, I'm I'm reading some news here because this is actually a really decent interesting segue i think the biggest news of the week uh, as it relates to rugby has been international but also tying it back to the u.s and that wales superstar wing only 22 years old lewis reese zamet is leaving wales to join the nfl international player pathway program with the chance however slim it may be to potentially latch on to an active NFL roster. Now, a lot needs to happen, right? Like, he's got to go do this 10-week intensive camp to get NFL scouts to be like, okay, this is worth a, a spot on the practice squad, though I think there's some stipulation where, you know, it won't count necessarily as a practice squad player. He'll still get paid, yada, yada. But give him an opportunity to try and, you know, see if he can make an NFL roster. This is crazy, right? He's 22. He's super young. But I'm looking here on social uh, and the International Player Pathway class of 2024 includes now a couple other uh, rugby players. A f- an ex-Northampton guy and another guy, from, um, uh, ex-Coventry lock, George Smith. So there's three more, two more. Who's the more. Northampton guy? Um, I hope I say his name correctly. Harry Malander. Oh, Malander. Harry Malander. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming over. Dereg Leader, if I pronounce that correctly from uh uh and what else here yeah so like lrz isn't the only guy yeah trying to crack over here and that um, and Malander's another young guy who who made quite a a splash in premiership and is sort of talked about as a you know potential future england player i don't know if he's he's made the squad or not yet but i mean he's definitely not you know, reese samet levels but you know, that seems to be a trend, I guess, of those. And I guess it partly has to do with, you know, future and rugby careers isn't certain right now. You've had three premiership teams collapse. Wales rugby mm-hmm. is just a, a 
utter disaster behind the scenes. You know, there's talks of shrinking the regions there. There's talks of, you know, they, they don't really pay their players super well, uh, not nearly as well as you'd, you'd expect for the, mm-hmm. the level that they they achieve. And so I guess you've got a lot of these young guys who are saying, look, I'll take a swing at the NFL. I'll see if I can do that. And if I can, great. If not, well, I had a good paying job for three years and I'm young enough to get back into rugby. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this. I agree with you. Like, if you got a shot, why not? Right. And we'll, we'll, my next question, we'll get this in a second, is what does it mean? Is this good or bad for rugby? But I'm just looking at this. Harry looks like, because they have the uh, position, it looks like they're tr- going to try out for, so to speak. But Harry as a kicker punter, which I think is interesting. Um, but uh, Lewis Rezemet, they have running back slash wide receiver. Yeah. So, yeah, which it makes sense. That's interesting. But, uh, I'm I'm going to be surprised whether they can make it, though. I mean, you take someone like Reese Samet. He's, I mean, he's athletic, absolutely. I mean, clearly fast, but he's not huge. He's not one of those players you go, oh, wow, he's a, you know, <laughs> he's a big guy, he's a big lad. And the you think about the, the sort of athleticism that's required in the NFL as opposed to in rugby, I mean, I've had it described by, you know, uh, I asked, I think I asked Brady Daniel this last year, like, you know, the difference between football and rugby. And he was like, rugby, mm. you're at, you're at 80% all the time. You're, you're always putting effort in, you're putting effort in for like often minutes on end because these this play just keeps going and, and you play the whole game. So you're playing 80 minutes and you're you're at an 80% level the whole time whereas football you know you're going for a few seconds and then you're done and so you're at like 110% for those those mm-hmm. few seconds you're trying to absolutely max out you r- run as fast as you can hit as hard as you can you're trying to do the max you can for that like the few seconds while the play is live and so it's it's a different sort of physicality and you get different sort of builds in football than you get in in rugby and i i don't know if lewis reese samet you know there's some people who can who can do both and you know you took i mean threaten palamo was a successful college football player before he you know mm-hmm. became a rugby player and you know obviously successful in, on both sides i don't know if lewis reese samet is that sort of build or that sort of guy so it'll be interesting to see what what he can accomplish i'm i'm, I'm intrigued uh, i'm you know i think it's 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 fascinating i feel bad for for welsh rugby fans but it you know he could come back to wales at any time right he's only 22 years old why not take a, a crack at it and i guess akp kind of if you look almost kind of like at our closing thoughts here on the episode my, my question to you is these international rugby superstars you know, this this isn't a new phenomenon, right? Over the years, there's been a few players who have, who have tried to crack over and cross. Most recently, I think the biggest one was Christian Wade, who was on a practice squad for the Buffalo Bills, or as Jim Hamilton called him, the Buffaloes. I thought that was pretty funny on a on a recent thing that I saw talking about the the concept. Um, Jim Hamilton's myth. Like, anyway, he had Christian almost got on an active roster. He was on a practice squad for a couple of years, and then came back to rugby and was started playing again. Um, good or bad for the sport of rugby that you know a top player like 
Free Samet is leaving rugby or taking a hiatus to go try and crack on in the NFL at a sport he's never played before. I think it can be good for rugby if he makes it and becomes a star in the NFL because obviously that gets more people thinking about rugby. Overall, though, I don't know if it is good or bad for rugby. I think it, but I do think it points to something bad in rugby. Like, I think you think about the chaos and the financial struggles of a lot of major rugby competitions and rugby nations, and especially, I mean, Wales is just reading some of the stuff about the way Wales is set up and the way they choose to do things and just mind-numbingly stupid. I mean, they're the Rugby Canada of Tier 1, basically. Like, rugby, the only thing that they have that Rugby Canada doesn't is more money um, mm. to, to misspend. And that, I think that is bad for rugby. I think the fact that premiership has been so mismanaged that you've got teams collapsing, despite them being, you know, they get tons of fans out to games. They get... You know, they bring in a ton of money, and yet somehow they've been mismanaged to the point of collapsing. Like, that, that is bad for rugby. And I think this is just the symptom. You know, this is... The, the problem isn't the runny nose, it's the cold. And I think... I think, you know, this is... Louis Rees-Samet and these other players heading to the NFL. I think that's that's the runny nose. But, you know, I think it should get us talking more about, like, why is this happening yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, any player that, any athlete that wants to potentially ha, has a chance to compete in the NFL and make it big money. Like I would not want to stop that at all. If I'm major league rugby or USA rugby or college rugby coach, I figure out how can I take advantage of this switch situation and also let college football players know, or high school football players know that this could, this situation could be in reverse. And what I mean by that is if your high school football career stalls out or your college football career stalls out and you still have that competitive desire and you're not really aware of rugby, all of a sudden, you know, the, the news that you're consuming, you hear about this international rugby player who's trying to crack on the NFL. And I think people are going to cover it because it's an interesting and new angle to cover in the hopes that the awareness here in the U.S. starts, you know, it was, it was a story on ESPN, on the mobile, right? It was one of the first things. Oh, that's interesting. Like, let me click on this, right? If that can lead to more athletes who are playing other sports, and in this case, American high school football and college football players start to think about, hey, the reverse could happen. I could go from football to rugby. Oh, and hey, there's a there's college programs. Oh, hey, there's a professional league. And hey, I could maybe compete and represent my nation in this sport. And there's there's a pathway to do it, and there's a model of players who have made that crossover. If that helps bring a few more players into the mix, I'm for it. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, how can you take advantage of this situation to try and get more people to, you know, because we're going to hear it on broadcasts too, They're, you know, right? Like, wherever, whatever team he latches onto potentially, the media is going to cover it there. So you're, you're probably going to hear local media talking about it, and you're probably going to have some regional and national media talking about it. You're going to hear it on broadcast. We've been hearing the tush push, right, the rugby, the scrum. You know, they, they use the term wrong, but they're talking about it on NFL broadcasts seen by tens of millions of people. All of that, in my mind, I think is all just good stuff, right? Just have more people talking about rugby. You know, and someone sees it for the first time and is like, wait, I don't have to wear pads and I'm a lineman and I can actually touch the damn ball and score 
and I don't have to check in with the ref? <laughs> like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I I I think it I think it could be could be good, and especially if you can get those guys, you know, playing rugby before they need it, so they're not. I mean, that's another thing to, with Reese Samet. Like, he's going in completely blind. He's got no football knowledge, none of that. You know, you've got so many guys over here who are, you know, it's not just about the physicality. It's about the knowledge of the game. And and that's a lot of what we see as a problem going the other way is, you know, if you're a football player becoming a rugby player, you know, sure, you've got the athleticism, but you don't necessarily have the the knowledge of the game. You don't You don't have that instinct for knowing which way a guy's going to cut or you know i'm in this situation what do i do like that that sort of stuff only comes with experience and you know that's why we've always said that if u.s rugby is going to get better especially at the the top level it's going to have to come from people playing younger starting younger just having more familiarity with with the game the way it's played absolutely akp you've said it very well right there so we'll continue to, to track it and follow it and, and excited to see how that turns out and AKP I mean next week officially MLR training camps open up we'll, we may have an announcement about the Hawks and about the season schedules so and hopefully a lot more to dive into there um, because we're going to start needing to break down this roster we need to start breaking down wins and losses you know predictions for this season a bunch of fun stuff to talk about in the weeks ahead but i guess it starts with that season schedule so hopefully we see that over the next couple of days but for my co-host alistair kirschpool i am john fitzpatrick you've been listening to the glorious rugby podcast we'll catch you back here next week